Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Gutter to Gutter podcast. In this episode, I'm joined by Jessica Shembury. Jessica is an ambassador for the Australian Drift Club in Sydney and is also very heavily involved in their Women in Drift initiative, aimed at giving women an insight into what it takes to get into drifting and giving them a welcoming and supportive environment in which to get started. We also talk about Jess's cars, her passion for drifting, and what it means to be an ambassador to women in motorsport. So please enjoy this episode of Gutter to Gutter podcast with Jessica Chambry. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of Gutter to Gutter Podcast. I'm Sadik and tonight I am joined by Jessica Shembury. Jessica, how are you? Good, how are you going? Good, thank you. Um, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm yelling at you when I say Jessica. Is can, is Jess cool? Can I just call you Jess? Jess is fine. Jess is fine. Yeah, using your full name sounds like I'm, you're in trouble or something. Yeah. Awesome. Shush, so um, I guess that's right. I guess um, to start off, let's Let's uh, let everybody know who you are, what you do. All right. So I'm Jess. I'm from Southern Highlands. I'm a mum of three and a wife, and I'm an ambassador for women in drifting in New South Wales, Australia. Nice, nice. So um, Southern Highlands, Where whereabouts did you grow up? Did you grow up in the Southern Highlands or...? Um, I actually grew up just out of Southern Highlands. So I grew up out at um, a town called Tamil, which is just near Picton. A lot of people know where Picton is. Um, I grew up out there when it was still sort of dirt roads. Um, um, it was just me and my older brother and my parents and me and my older brother used to BMX ride everywhere around the dirt roads. Um, no traffic, obviously. <laughs> yeah, that's that's changed now. Have you, You've been there lately, I assume? Yeah, yeah, they've got a Maccas and everything now. <laughs> Yeah, that's right. They, they they were stuck with their with their one little sort of shopping center, and um and and their mall sort of thing that had a KFC attached to it. And now, yeah, it's it's almost its own little city, isn't it? Yep, yep, definitely grown a lot. And, um, hence why we moved further out to keep seeking more rural life, more land. Yep, nice land. That's that's the dream, isn't it? Land. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, so Southern Highlands and and land. Um, what, yep. what kind of what kind of property are you living on? Like what? How much how much land do you have? Um, I have around two acres, um, and it's yep. bushland. So, yeah, plenty of space for the cars, which is what and it's ideally for. <laughs> plenty, of, plenty of room for activities. Yes, so that's yep. awesome. That's and, awesome. Yeah. So. We'll get in, we'll get into to the love of cars and and where where all of that comes from. Where where does that love of cars come from? All right, so it started um, with my dad. So my dad is a car man, a Ford man. Um, he had some F trucks and some old Cortinas growing up. Um, actually, his first his first car when he was younger, he was very very cool. It was a metallic gold Nissan XR, and he was the fastest cool cat around town. So <laughs> at the time. 
Um, but oh, I can feel that he's calling now. Yeah, yeah. But um, but now growing up, he had um, yeah, he had old F trucks and and Cortinas, and he used to take me out to the the Sydney dragway, um, most Wednesday nights when he was home, and um, yeah, I used to just sit there and watch these cars go down this straight line for eight to 16 seconds, depending on, you know, what car it was over and over again. Um, yeah, you probably, you probably at one stage watch one of my cars drive down there at like, I think it was 14 seconds flat. Oh, <laughs> that was my Subaru Vortex. Um, that was, that was actually a hilarious night. I, I remember it was a state of origin night. So I thought I was going to get so many runs in. I got one run in. Oh, no. Everybody else obviously had the same I idea. Did. I thought all the meatheads are going to be at home watching football. I'm going to get so many runs in. Yep. I got one run in. I ran a 14 flat and I detonated the motor. Oh, wow. <laughs> I put so much boost through it. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, that sucks. Well, look, at least you still ran a 14. So. Um, you know. Yeah, I remember. I remember the officials as, as you know, the car next to me was a, was a Commodore or a, um, not a Commodore, like a statesman next to me. And the officials poured, poured the water out in front of me on the track and I just kind of drove straight through it. And they're just looking at me, what is this guy doing? They, they had no idea what car it was. And, yeah, like a, a Vortex is pretty much like the grandfather for the WRX. Yeah. So it's all-wheel drive turbo thing. And I thought it, I thought it was hot shit. And I thought, yeah, this thing's going to be mad. I'm going <laughs> to chop this guy. And we ran door-to-door the whole way. And he, he was spewing too because he, he pretty much did, I think it was like a 13.9 something. And I'd, I've done a 14 flat and we both sort of deflated after it. The, <laughs> the air was knocked right, about, right out of our tyres. Uh, but um, he got he got the edge on me and fuck, yeah. I got beat by a Commodore. That sucks. <laughs> yeah. Damn those Commodores. So, Damn that cheap yeah. power. When, when, Wednesday night drags. Yes. Yeah, when, Wednesday night drags was a... Was was always a big thing for me as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yep, and then um, I think what's that, coming from Tamil? Coming from Tamil, that'd be a fair trip, yeah. Um, for for like a like a Wednesday night. Yeah, like an hour or so. Especially in those days. Yeah, it was about an hour or yeah. so. Yeah, because I don't think the M7 was done then, so I think it was just the M5, and you got off at Kasula nah. and cut through yeah. there or something. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no, it was it was good and much to my dad's uh, disliking, you know, I didn't wasn't really one for the Ford and the Holdens. I just kept looking sideways at the at all the, the Jap import stuff. <laughs> so No. My my answer to the Ford versus Holden fight when I was when I was much younger was go with minis, you know what I mean? Like I didn't care. Yeah. Like, let's just go race. Yes. <laughs> let's get a little cars and, and race race around an actual racetrack. Yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, it was Ford versus Holden and in a straight line, and I, I just didn't understand it. Yeah. It's a power thing, I think. Mm. But, um, yeah, and then yeah. after that, um, you know, then it was um, meeting my boyfriend, who's now my husband, um, and then, yeah, he really – he really drove that that passion for for cars um, after that, and then it just kind of really, really, really took off um, with him, and you know, really learning value of a car as opposed to just looking at it as a daily driver side of car. It just sort of turned into like, no, this is actually like nearly a human being. <laughs> like it has a it has a heart, and you know, appreciating things about it. Um, and yeah, and then it it sort of just all started really with that, 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 um, 
passion for getting into cars. Awesome. So, so you're a Toyota family, it's safe to say, yeah? Yes, I'm a Toyota purist. So I appreciate any good car. So has, has yourself, yourself and your husband, have you both always been Toyota people or, or did like one sort of influence the other and now it's just, it, it, it just happened that way or? Um, I think so. My husband, um, Wayne, he grew up in a Ford family and as soon as he was introduced to a Toyota, um, being the Toyota Corolla, um, that was it. He was just full Toyota. Um, for me, so um, mine sort of triggered off to that JDM scene. Like I said, I was looking sideways at the drags all the time at, you know, all the Nissans and the and the Toyotas and, like, you know, Subarus, like other vehicles that were not Ford and Holden. Um, and then um, when I met Wayne, I actually, we, we ended up having the same car. So I was given my first car off an old farm out of the back of Oakdale um, and it was a K55 Corolla and I never actually drove that car it was just it was given to me it was a barn find and it really needed a lot of love so it just kind of sat there and I started to strip it to do it up so even though that was my first car um, I didn't actually ever drive it Um, but my husband he had a K55 Corolla as well um, that he had an actually aspirated 4AGE in and it was just weird that we met and we both had the same car. Um, and then I moved on to what was actually like my first driven car as a P-plater, which was a 1980 Datsun 200B. That is the only, well, pretty much the only non-Toyota vehicle I've ever had and ever, ever drove, really. Really excuse that. And um, I would still have it to this day, but unfortunately I don't. Yeah. No, I don't. I wish I did. I would have, but um, it was tragically taken from me, unfortunately. But if that hadn't have happened, I would have had it still to this day. It was, you know, it was a one owner. It was the first. That's, that that sounds painful. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if we should get into that or <laughs> if it's a sore spot. Oh uh, well, you know, it's all right. It was my first engine that I ever rebuilt, which was the L20B. Um, you know, so it was. Yep. It was a beautiful car. It was one owner, had all the optional extras. You know, it had those clear rally covers that went over the headlights and stuff, you know, stuff that you can't find anymore. Yeah. But um, no, it was taken in a car accident, unfortunately. Yep. So there was, oh, yeah, no. it was no getting that one back. It was completely gone skis. <laughs> but, um, but it was a beautiful car. What a shame. Yeah. What a shame. Yep. Big shame for that one. But that's okay. We moved on to Toyota. So, yeah, after that it was just all Toyotas. <laughs> like a knife in a twist there. That's, that's fine. We just moved on to Toyota. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, all right. Well, I'll just I'll just see you later. <laughs> uh. No, look, don't get me wrong. I, I, I still appreciate all cars. Like I still appreciate a good build when I see one, I, you know. Yeah. But I always have this this mutual um, humour about, you know, oh, dirty RVs or SRs, you know, because I'm all Toyota, but it's all just fun yeah. and games. You know, at the end of the day, I still yeah. appreciate a good vehicle for what it is regardless. So, Absolutely. So let's talk about, we've gone, we've gone down that road now, um, cars that you have owned. So you, you've had the 200B. Yeah. Uh, you've had a KE55 that never got driven. <laughs> we've all had that. I've had two KE35s that never got driven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yep. I've had a 180B SSS with a 13B turbo that never got oh. driven. Um, so I can, I can sympathise with, with all of that. Um, talk to us about some of your cars, some of your noteworthy cars, I guess, over the years. Yeah, 
All right. So, um, yeah, after the Datsun, I ended up getting an RT81 Toyota Corona. Um, so that was just stock and it was such a nice car. Um, and I dailyed that for a few years. Um, and then in that time, that was when me and my husband got married. And so that was really when the Toyota cars took off and we just started buying. So we, my husband then discovered crowns and discovered the 60s of Toyotas. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we've got yep. – We've got crowns, we've got all different ones and all the different models and the different shapes, so Utes wagons, um, the four-cylinder and the six-cylinder, so they actually are a little bit wider and longer in the front end to allow for the bigger engine and things like that. So just went full on in there. Um, Toyota Stouts, Dinas, um, we've got some Sentries, MA70 Supra, um, Toyota Publica, if you know what that is, little Toyota 700, little two-piston mini-looking thing. No, I don't, but I'm going <laughs> to look for it, that's for sure. Yeah, so they're a little two-piston. So this is, this, is, this, is this stuff you have now? Yes, so we have nearly kept everything we've ever bought. <laughs> how, much of this, how much of this two acres can you actually walk around on? <laughs> oh, <laughs> no, must be everywhere. No, no, I'm joking. No, yeah. no um... But, yeah, it's one of those things as well, like uh, we started buying when they were cheaper and people didn't really, you know, people were still using yeah. crowns and crawlers as paddock bashes. They didn't really care about them. And, um, you know, my husband, he'd be like, oh, check this out. You know, we need to buy this because if we if something happens, we need to have a whole other car as a parts car just in case, you know. And so we ended up just buying like multiple of them because we needed the parts That's just amazing. in case. Something happened wish, to it. I wish my wife would buy into the just in case argument. Well, for me, like when, yeah, when it started, um, I kind of just started looking at them all as like dollar figure assets. You know, if something goes wrong, we can always yeah. sell them, you know. But now it's like, oh, yeah. no, 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 don't sell them because I know that we're probably never going to find. We're not selling any of these yeah. now. Yeah. Or if we do, you know, and a lot of the time it was cheaper to buy the whole car than what it was to buy just that single yep. part that you were after. So that's kind of, yep. you know, where it went. Um, what else? Yeah, then we bought some Crusaders and um, what else? My my main cars now is I've got a JZX90 Mark II that I daily, so I've got my three kids and, obviously work in town in Southern Highland, so commute to and from. Um, so, yeah, non-VVTi 1J twin turbo, so it's the Tura V, factory manual, factory sunroof, um, and it's like full stock. Um, still has the chrome trim that goes on the wheel arch, so as in like no one's rolled the guards and things, like it's fully stock. Um, beautiful car. Very, That's awesome. Very clean and tidy. Um, Sounds and then, like a terrible daily. It's, it's gorgeous. That sounds awesome. However, I do like panic yeah. every time I go out to the car park. You know, did someone park too close? Did someone door ding yeah. it? You know, did all that someone, kind of. Someone opened the door. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I got a JZX100 Chaser, which is kind of how everyone started to know me with the chip with the Chaser that you know had the toy 1J plates and started drifting in that. But we'll get to that later, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, what else? Um, and yeah, we just, we had a few other types of Corollas. We had like a K30 coupe, um, oh, shove the shovel nose Coronas that, you know, a lot of people kind of like the little old, old school 60 shovel nose yep. ones. 
Um, yeah. Yeah, so lots of Toyotas. <laughs> but, um, oh, and the big one that I think a lot of people will know is is the Cranky Crown. So we've got a um, 1966 Toyota Crown body that has a Windsor 289 in it um, with a big scoop on the top runs a shot of nitrous and it's done up like a vintage gasser. So it's got the big front exposed beam axle yep. run across flies on the front, the big slicks on the back, lots of rake. Um, yeah. A lot of people know that one as the cranky crown. Cause I don't know what crazy person would turn a Toyota crown into a gasser. <laughs> no, it's, it's definitely unique. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the kind of thing you'd see built out of a Chevy or, or something like that from from the 50s and 60s yeah and to see a crown as a gather is is unreal yeah yep it's really cool awesome so we'll, we'll get over to the drift side of things where did your passion for drift come from um so i guess it started playing on my mind when i was quite young I used to go to the drags and i used to just think to myself why are these people spending all this money on these cars to go eight to 14 seconds in a straight line just I don't get it. And, um, yeah. I'm and then glad I, I'm not the only one. <laughs> and I mean, like, I, I get it. Like I'll do it, you know, for, for skill building, you know, or, you know, to practice burnouts and things like that, or, you know, taking off or, you know, testing a, like a vehicle and its engine, things like that. Like I get that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, then I think the main turning point was when I was about 11 years old in 2003, <laughs> My dad wanted to go see Too Fast, Too Furious at the cinemas and, um, of course, dragged me along. And I remember the cinema was so packed that they only had a couple of one-seat tickets left. So me and my dad had to actually sit completely separately to watch it, keeping in mind I'm only 11 years old. (laughs) And and that was it after it. He would not have watched that movie at all. He would have just been watching you. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But, but yeah, Yeah. after that movie... um, because I'm pretty sure it's at the end of Too Fast, Too Furious, you see the extra scene and, and Paul Walker goes and he buys the, the jaded R34 before he paints it silver and blue and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And that was it. I was off. Um, you know, no, no, that was Too Fast, Too Furious. The scene was at the start, sorry. The scene was at the start. Yep. Yeah, yeah. it was that, 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 that prelude to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, that was it. I ended up having posters everywhere, Skylines and Hondas and all sorts of stuff, you know, full JDM. And, um, you know, and then along came obviously Tokyo Drift and things like that and it, it kind of took off and, you know, a few, a few years later was again when I met Wayne and he introduced me to Rad Rollers who had their first meet when I was 16 years old. Um you know, and I got to see this crazy world of Corollas and their engine conversions and, you know, it was just like, holy cow, you know, like check these out. you got these mad old school bodies and they're running completely new engines. Um, I think everyone kind of knows Mick. He had Yellow Daisy with the Honda S2000 engine swap that he had done, yep. you know, and, and that was it. I was just, I was all about the sideways action. Um, yeah, it was just it took off from there. <laughs> nice. That, 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 um, yeah, that car with the S with the K motor was unreal. The yeah. engine bay was so clean and he, they always used to sit, uh, park next to, um, Jason Lowe with, yes. with his, um, yep. Yep. I know Jason. I can't, I can't remember what it is now. It's the KE 20. 
Yes. I yeah. always get it wrong. Yeah, I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. it's a K20. That's right. He, he, he's, he's probably listening to this and he's probably going <laughs> to slap me next time he sees me for forgetting that. But um, those two cars were just immaculate. Yeah. They always, you know, they sat perfectly next to each other. Yeah. With their bonnets up, just super immaculate engine bays, just tidy, clean, like from front to back. They were amazing. Yes. Yes, they they were. And, um, you know, Jason still has his one and I think he's working on something else currently. Yeah. And um, Mick is also is, yeah. working on another one, and all the boys—they've all—they've all pretty much all still got Corollas. So, yeah, no, it's good. Yeah. It's good. That's awesome. So, that, so that kicked off the journey. Yeah. Um, how long ago? How long? How long have you been drifting for? How long ago was that? So I started on Mother's Day in 2016. So I started when I bought my first Chaser. Yeah. Um, so I bought my first JZX100 Chaser VVTI1J factory manual. Um, flat 040 white, not pearl, real ta um, tasteful mods. Um, we've come to the conclusion we believe all the mods on it have been done in Japan before it was imported. Um, so, yeah, they're right, very, okay. very, very tastefully done um, and quite. Kind of of the era as well. <laughs> yeah. And, um, and, yeah, so I got that the week of Mother's Day and Mother's Day was the weekend and that was my – I went up, that's what I want to do for Mother's Day and off we went and um, here we are. Um, so, yeah, that's – Did I just hear that right? You got that car for Mother's Day? Yes. Is that what you just said? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God, okay. Yeah, I, I, well, cool. I'd had my first child in 2015 and so I kind of – Yep. thought, oh, I have to do the That's mum thing. That's a fair thing. celebration. <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of thought, you know, yeah. 2015, I thought, yeah, I, I had a IS200 and I thought, I'd, you know, I'd sell it and buy a mum car and, you know, do that settle down thing. And then by 2016, by the time my oh, daughter yeah. was like a year old, I was like, oh, no, I got this. I could get back into it. I want a chaser. I need yeah. a four-door sedan, yeah, you know. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, so, yeah, bought it for Mother's Day, I guess, and, yeah. The event was on Mother's Day, and off I went. Yep. <laughs> awesome. So where was where was that event at? That was at um, Sydney Motorsport Park, so Eastern Creek, and it was on the wet pan. Yep. Yep. Um, I can't remember who it was with back in 2016. Obviously, being you know my first event and kind of new to that. Yep. Kind of stuff. Yeah, I, I can't remember who it was with, but it was. It was a well-ran one and not many people were there because too many people were obviously visiting their mums. And, um, yeah, it was lots of lots of seat time to learn. That's awesome. That's awesome. So so how did that event go? Obviously, you got a lot of seat time. Um, was it was it daunting to you? Um, there, there's always that, that thing of anxiety. I mean, I, I still get it now even when I line up, even though – you know, I've done it for a few years now and I've been to many events this year. Every single time I go to line up, you get that, that feeling of, oh, you know, you get a bit nervous and, you know, to go out. So, yeah, of course yeah. I was quite anxious, you know, what are people going to think of me, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, but it actually went not too bad. Um, I, think, I think I had the perfect car for learning. Um it was very, very yep. well set up. Suspension was perfect on it. Like I said, all those mods that were done to it, all the steering arms and stuff like that, um, you know, solid mounted diff and, you know, strut boat braces and all that kind of stuff. It just, it was just, 
perfectly set up for it. And obviously being a 1J, the power was there. Um, so it was really just driver skill building and learning. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I didn't, I, like on that event, I never got a full lap of continuous drifting or anything. It was just kind of like corner, straighten up, corner, straighten up. Um, a lot of spinning. Yeah. I will say a lot of spinning. So learning clutch kick, learning how to use the handbrake, um, you know, stuff like that. But it, looking back now, because even, even many events after that were like the same as that. Um, you know, I, I never, I didn't really get a full continuous lap of drifting until, you know, six, seven events later. Um, yeah. But a lot of that was feeling the momentum of the car, you know, and I think that it makes you a better driver in a way because you, you learn the movements of your car, the boundaries of your car, you learn to feel when it's starting to spin and how to, I don't know, I guess I kind of got this queen of spinning thing Um even now, kind of every time I've spun, I've managed to stay on the track, near the track, or not too far from the track. Like I've never had to be recovered. Yeah. Um, you know, I, yeah, especially in the chaser, like I never hit anything other than maybe a cone, you know, when I got a little bit silly and decided to cone stuff. <laughs> yep. But, um, but yeah, so the first event, I think, you know, looking back now, I did good for first time, I think. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I remember like my first time out in my my uh, D D twenty one my Navara that still hasn't been out since. That's over a year now. So I've really <laughs> pull my finger out and just get out to something. Um, yeah, that, those nerves as I was sort of getting out there. Like I mean, the car was untested. I'd turbocharged it. I'd done all this stuff to it, and it was I had no idea. I no, had no idea what the outcome was going to be. I knew I was having brake problems. I knew that yeah, you know, like so. There's some other things that aren't quite happy. So. Um, but yeah, those nerves at the start, like, oh, there's, I'm, I'm amongst so many other people as well. Cause it was a big day. There was so many people. They actually had to split it up into two different groups. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, so like come, come time for my group. I'm like, all right, let's line it up. And it was pretty cool because, you know, it, it is pretty unique. Um, it's loud mm-hmm. and it's, it's definitely not what it sounds like. Um, cause I've just three inch straight piped it essentially. Oh yeah. Um, so it is, it is loud. So every, everyone's coming up and going, Oh, what's in that? And it's like, that's well, just a stock motor with a turbo yeah. and a big exhaust. Yeah. Um, but yeah, every, everyone was really, yeah, everyone was really cool about it. So kind of that helped alleviate the nerves a bit. And then once I got out there, I realized I can go one way really well. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my right hand turns are amazing. My left yes. hand turns, not so much. Yeah. So, yep. And then um as you know with their sort of the typical um australian drift club uh peanut layout on the wet pan um they go one way then they go the other so the first way they went when they ran it that what what would have been for the day the normal way uh, before they ran it in reverse everything was a right hand corner essentially except for like that one time you you kicked it back to the left and i'm like okay well i, I can get this i've got yeah, the, those those right hand corners down, no problems. And then I had brake failure. Um, I had uh, like a turbo gasket, cheap Chinese turbo gasket, blew out uh, all sorts of stuff. So I'm having all these dramas, and I didn't actually get to get back out on the trail. I got out once in reverse, so I'm like, okay, sweet, I can actually work on those left hand corners. I literally came out. I went to give it one big stab. It just spun around on me. The other caliper brake caliper locked up. 
I'd literally taken a caliper out by this point. So now I've only got one brake caliper. It locked up. Okay, well, that's me done. So I literally got out, got down the first, halfway down the first straight, kind of gave it a big stab. And just as it kicked out, the caliper locked up at the same time. And it just kept spinning, just spun out completely. I'm looking at everybody else coming straight back towards me. Uh, One guy in like a K70, like, would have come inches off the front bumper. Oh, we're no. both just sitting there going, hmm? what do we do? Yeah. So I'm just oh, sitting no. there trying to get the car started again because I stalled it and the battery was dead. And I was just like, oh. Yeah. I'm just waving my hands at the, whoever was driving the ute at the time. I'll just get me out of here, man. Just yeah. take me down there and I'll, I'll, I'll put myself out of my misery down there. And it's a situation so, um, that's, like. That, that's, my, yeah. that's my one experience. So everything <laughs> that went wrong that day, I fixed. It's yeah. all good now. But yeah. I haven't been able to take it back out to the track. Yeah, yeah. That's that's my plan. Hopefully next month I should be able to get out to something. Yeah. And it's at moments like those that you get mad anxiety because you think everyone is looking at me right now. But you know what? They're probably not Every, really. Everyone's looking at I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> They're I'm probably... out here for the whole world to see. Everyone's yeah. just watching me spin out like an absolute dickhead. Uh-huh. And um, it's actually not that bad. Like, oh, mate, no. just comes over and goes, oh, what's wrong? And I tell him, he goes, oh, all right, we'll pull you over there, man, and, and we'll, yeah. get you, we'll get you started again. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> No less. So let's, let's talk about the Cosmic Crusader. Oh, yeah. It? So the Cosmic Crusader is a 1991 MX-83 Crusader. Um, yeah, we, we originally bought this car for a fan shroud for our MA-70 Supra. Um, and then it was that's, just... That's one of those circumstances of it was buying cheap. the car for a part because it's cheaper that way. Yeah. Yep, 100%. That's exactly what it was. And then we just pulled it out the back and we just parked it up for about three years and then, um, yeah, it was in June last year that we retired the chaser because obviously it was it's extremely clean and, you know, the gaps on it are perfect, everything's perfect. So we had a lot of people telling us, you know, you're silly, don't drift it, don't drift it, what are you doing on the track, get off. You know, they wanted to preserve yeah. preserve the value of the chaser. And, um, and so, yeah, yeah, we were on our way home from that last event in June last year and, my husband looked at me and he said, that's it, the chase is retired. And so that weekend I <laughs> turned to my husband and I said, oh, you got you got a free 45 minutes? He's like, why? And I'm like, oh, get the Hilux, get the chains, I need you around the back of the shed. And he was like, okay. And I was like, see that? Yep, I need you to move those two cars out of the way because I need to get that Crescita that's down there. We're pulling it up and we're building it because nothing's stopping me from drifting. <laughs> and, um, and, yeah, so that's how it sort of – came about um you know and i i think again it's a bit weird because i'm born in 91 and it's a 91 so it's as old as me and um yep yeah that is what Kindred it is spirit. yeah <laughs> yep awesome so where did where did the name come from the name came from me sitting there pondering, you know, going, all right, so how are we going to do up this Crusader? Like, how are we going to make it look? You know, there's a few out there that have their their little lip kits and stuff on it, and I didn't want that because I knew, like, well, if I'm building a designated drift car and I'm going to push my learning ability and my skills, I'm going to come off the track. I'm going to hit things. I'm going to hit other people or they're going to hit me. I'm going to take side skirts and bumpers off. So... I sat there really thinking to myself, like, how am I going to get this car to look? Like, what's its vibe? How am I going with it? You know, so we started off building it and things like that. And it just sort of came to me one day 
my inspiration for the build was um, particularly with the the engine, which we'll get to as well. Um, you know, it came from trying to keep it in its own time. So the MX-83 Casita was manufactured from 1989 to 1992. Um, and that was a specific time where technology, well, technology, in my opinion, should have stayed sort of in that era. You know, it was when the, the Nintendo Game Boy had just been released and people were like super engaged still in movies like Tron and Blade Runner and Back to the Future and things like that. And, um, you know, so I kind of tried to keep this retro futurism kind of look about it um, is what people kind of call it, um, you know, where you you kind of back in 1989 to 1992 and you're thinking about the future, which is now obviously, but back then they didn't know what it was, you know. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so the idea was that I wanted to keep the fundamentals of old school drift with the Crusader, but keep it still appealing for the the eye of today. Um, and I also wanted something that was really, really different that would sort of keep me apart from other drifters. So I wanted something where people would look at it and be like, oh, that's that chick that drifts the Crusader. You know, that's that's that specific Crusader. Yeah. Um, and it worked. You yeah. know, I got there. Um, people do know the car is that, especially now with its sheet metal rear end because I – decided to tap yeah. a couple of barriers and instead of replacing the taillights, my husband decided it would be easier for him just to fab up a whole rear end for some reason, which it's worked out. So, you know, and yeah. it has worked. There are people that come up and they're just like, holy crap, like this has got a Mad Max vibe about it, you know. Um, you know, so, yeah, and it, at the end of the day, the the cosmic thing sort of comes in with obviously, you know, Cosmic Crusader CC, you know, but um, it sort of goes with, you know, thinking ahead about, you know, dreaming of the future, um, you know, what's out there in the yep. universe or the cosmos kind of thing, like, you know, but still keeping you grounded to that old school, you know, era. So that's kind of just how it came about, I guess. <laughs> that's really cool because I like how you say that. That's how it just kind of came about. Yeah. Um, it sounds like that's something you were pondering on for for many moons. You know what I mean? Like just looking up into the sky, just dreaming of this thing, and um, that, that's what you came out. With. You just came out that way. Yeah. Uh, it's really cool though. You know, like with with the tail lights, they are um, oh what, what, yeah, the retro future, retro futuristic is definitely yes. a word you'd use for them. Yeah. Um, the tent, that glitter tent. Um, I was out the other night taking photos of it. I've sent you a few. Um, <laughs> yeah, that tent turned you. out amazing in photos. Yes, it does. I, yeah. um, I showed my I showed my wife one of the photos. I went, yeah, I just kind of ran it by. I went, what do you think of this one? Like this this one in particular, I'm I'm not real sure if it's either really really good or it's terrible. I don't know. I can't can't sort of sit back because that's my own. I'm pretty critical of it. And um, she goes, what is with the back window? I went, that's tent. She goes, what? I said, yeah, that's tent. She goes, it's a rainbow. So <laughs> like, yeah, that's the tent. Like it, it's it's glitter. So depending on what angle it's at, you see different colors come out of it. Yeah. It's like, I've never seen anything like that. Yeah, so there, yeah. There is a chance we may have to do that to the family car now, so thanks for that. <laughs> That's all right. Yeah, I I managed to get that um down at Goulburn, so there's a place called Capo's Tinting. You'll have to go hit him up. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I went down there and I just said yeah. to him, like, this is what I wanted, and he said, leave it with me. He contacted some people and he came back. He said, I've got the tint for you. And I went down there and he did it, and as soon as I saw yeah, it, I was no. like, yes, that's awesome. And um, and then he told me yeah. about where he found it, 
And apparently there is a Nissan XR that gets around Sydney and its back window has that tint on it. And that man, he's a more right. mature aged man. And apparently he's a tinter, window tinter. And that's how like they knew each other through that. And that's where it came from. But since yeah. then, he's that's also awesome. messaged, like my, my mate Capo, he's also messaged me and he said, you know, you're now not the only one with glitter tints. So apparently there's a few more drift cars that have gone down there to oh, get no. it since. So, which is fine. I've seen it and gone, all right, look at that. Yep. Yeah. I feel like there needs to be yep. like a, a team. As long as I remember. Yeah. I feel like there needs <laughs> to be tint, like a team, a team glitter tint sticker that for everyone he does that needs to go on it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yep. Absolutely. So tell us a bit about the build of the car itself because even like the motor is quite unique, yeah? Yeah, so a lot of people ask me or think that it's a 1J. It is not, and believe me, it's hard going from a 1G stepping back in power um, a little bit. It's very, very yeah. different power, but it's actually a 1G GTE. Um, so, yeah, two-cylinder uh, two straight six as opposed to a 1J, which is a 2.5. Yep, two-litre straight six here. Yeah? yeah, sorry. Um yeah, so 1G GTE, so yeah, um, so it's got a old school HKS GT2530 turbo, so one of the turbos off an RB26, um, and just got it dynoed the other week, and it makes 218 kilowatts, um, so yeah, not far off a stock standard 1J, which is pretty good. Um, and it's got a W58. Sorry, sorry, that's that's just shy of about 300 horsepower. Is that right? Yeah, 292. Yep. So that's pretty good. Yeah, out of they're a small car. They're small, small, fairly light car. Yeah. That's really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, it does it does well. It definitely, you know, keeps up. Just it's, it's got a lot of legs. <laughs> um, but yeah, so running yeah. a W58 gearbox, so out of an old Supra. Um, and yeah, just yep. running the stock welded MX eighty three Crescita diff. So yeah, that's the murder and drivetrain part of it. And then um, nice, yeah. So the that's is that the W fifty eight? Is that what everyone used to refer to as the Super five speed? Yes, is that, that is, is the that one. What that gearbox is yeah, there is yeah. a super strong gearbox. Every yeah. everybody, especially in that in that day and age. Yeah, that, that sort of 90s era, everybody wanted to have one. Yeah, they did, I remember yep. I think I had like five in my garage at one stage. <laughs> I had no use for them, but I had them. Yep. Everyone's like, oh, can we just buy one? I'm like, yeah, man, no worries. Like, I've got no use for them. I, I've yep. got them just in case. And you, I was selling them for like 100 bucks at the time, where now, you know, like, what are they worth now? I don't even know. But I can only assume they're close to something, you know, like what, what an RB box is going for, which is like two grand plus. To be honest, I, I haven't looked because – this was something that we also had yeah. just sitting around. It's probably best you don't. <laughs> so um, we did we did caught a ponder because there, there's also a W56 gearbox, which is nearly the exact same. It's just got different ratios in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so we did kind of ponder, you know, whether to use that or whether to go to the W58, but we, we stuck with the W58. You know, it's it's trusted. So yep. one muck around, just might as well yep. use it. So... Yeah. So with the with the one G being the two liter, is that can I? I mean, I'm, I'm trying to relate it to say like an RB20 and RB25 or 26. Are they like a um, obviously a lower capacity motor? Are they a higher revving? 
because I know the RB20s love to rev. Yes. Is it, is it a very similar sort of thing? Yes. Yep. Yep, so 1Gs love to rev. Um, I don't think I've really hit limiter yet and it's gone up past 7.5. Yeah. So, yeah, I always I tend to back off, I don't know, naturally some reason. I guess it's just my driving style, but I haven't sat on limiter yet. So, But, yeah, it loves it. It loves to be up there, um, you know, which, again, is very, very different having to change my driving style, being so used to, a, you know, an easy 1J chaser yeah. where, you know, you feel like you're using your pinky finger to drift on a wet pan yep. going into a 1G where you've got to you've got to work it a bit more, you've got to use your momentum, but you've got to get it up in the revs yeah. to, to play to play nice with it. Yep. But, yes, it does love to rev. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So what about uh, suspension-wise? What what's happening there? Um, so suspension, just coilovers, DGR from a Tokyo garage. Yep. Um, so that's pretty basic. Um, but, yeah, I know suspension is a quite important important part of, you know, your car's stance for drifting and they definitely do the yep. job. Um, any Anything done like steering-wise, like steering components for, for any extra angle or anything like that or is it all pretty stock? Not yet. That's coming. Um, that's pretty much the next thing that we've been pondering on for the yep. last few months. Um, so, yeah, at the moment, pretty much just stock stock steering yep. at the moment. Is there a lot of stuff out there for them? Um, I haven't really looked, to be honest. And the main reason why I say I haven't looked is because, obviously, Wayne is a fabricator. <laughs> and um, he and I, I guess both of us, um, owner builders so we actually prefer to try and do things ourselves than buy stuff um so yeah we're not one to really hop on and and go through and have a look until like we're really looking i guess um which i get will probably be in the next few weeks we'll probably have a look and see what is available out there and if there's something available we'll weigh up the price versus his time making something himself and cut and welding and all that kind of stuff so yeah yeah, gotcha yeah but um yeah yeah that's cool it um for for essentially stock steering it um it, it gets around the track pretty well so yeah she there is that she goes all right I'm, um, I'm not where I want to be yet but I'll I'll keep going with it <laughs> yeah that's it it's it's all time in the seat that's right um wheels wheels tires all that sort of gear yeah so currently we're on the fronts we're running um old school ray zelda triforce wheels um they're 17 by 10s plus 14 offset and running kumho's 225s 45 yeah yep 17 by 10 (laughs) wow Uh, the the front end grip up well yes yes it does yep um there are Tires at the moment are our biggest demon that we're battling with, but we'll we'll keep persevering with yep. those. You know, um, some are super grippy, some are super slippery, and it's trying to find that that in between. But um, yeah, rears are yep. BBS LM copies. Um, they're good copies because a lot of people think that they're genuine, but they aren't. <laughs> they're just copies. Um, Eighteen. Yep. They're 18s by 8 and 9 because we have the st- uh, the staggered offset for front and rears, but because I have the set of four yeah, gotcha, depending yeah. on what ones I'm running. Um, but, yeah, and those tyres are now changing 
all the time, but we'll be Coombe from now on, I think, thanks to Time Masters at Southern Highlands. I'll be yep. having running Coombe Hose all the time. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Is that is that um something that's happened recently, like a, yeah. a, a recent development in in I guess sponsorship? Yes, yep, I am. Um, yeah, I keep turning up there saying, yeah, that's cool. "I need new tires, I need new tires, need new tires." Yep, and um, he just went, <laughs> "Look, I'm going to sell you Kumos from now on, and this is what I'm going to sell you, and this is how it's going to work." Yeah. And I just went, "Yes, sir, thank you very much, sir, muchly appreciated, sir," and um, yeah, and that's how now yep. it'll just probably always stay for a while. I assume. Awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's that's the one thing, you know, like that's, that's the one thing that everybody is always replacing. Yes. You go to like a, a North Circuit day or a South Circuit day. I know I I helped Flash at one one day out there just take some wheels over because he took me for a ride. I'm like, oh, thanks, man, you know, just to sort of say thank you. I sort of helped him drag some, some wheels over to get Chai's changed and he's changing two sets, you know, two sets at a time. Yeah. And I'd lost count of how many times he did that that I saw that day. Yeah. So I had my, yeah. my first experience. It gets very expensive. It does. It does. Yeah. I was um, lucky enough to actually attend a dry event this year because the rain this year has been full on. And um, <laughs> I was going to say, how dry, how dry was it? It was, it was actually a, a glorious day. And again, I think it was, it was mother's day. I'm pretty sure it was mother's day at South circuit. They were running the drift series and the drift fest. And it was the one Glorious day. It was Mother's yep. Day. Yep. Um, and yeah, and that was my first experience and my first time I shredded tires. So in the dry. Um, so the the, yep. the little one G Crusader did it on South Circuit. I got third gear around that big front sweeper, and um, yeah, I sort of averaged nice. averaged about three laps out of one set of rear tires. So yeah, so I ended up yep. going through. Oh, I shredded four and then I had my last two on it and then that was the end of the day. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was my first experience of the dry and, yes, I was just like, okay, um, and I was taking it easy. So so I can't imagine what it's going to be like when I – So three – Yeah. So three laps out of a set. Yeah, on the rear. Because I know you know, yeah, the, the big boys, they, they might be lucky to get one lap. Yeah out of out of a set or you know like getting around to the second by the end of the second they're on the yeah the, the tires are shot yeah so that's that's pretty good yeah three, three, three laps is good yeah um but yeah it, it obviously you know i mean i don't need to preach to the choir it, drift it's all about tires yes you know so yeah having someone that's that's going to help you out with that is amazing yes that's really cool yeah yeah absolutely all right. Um, tell us that there's so many. I, I've I've looked over the car a little bit. Um, it's it's about actually it's very hard to do, mind you. Let, let me tell you, because you're never not driving it. <laughs> <laughs> it's always really hard. I'll, I'll, I'll try and get it, get a good look at it, and you're moving up in line, or you or you're out on track. I'm like, ah, oh, damn it! I just wanted to get a finally get a look at this thing, and just see all the things that have done because Wayne has done so much work in that car. And a lot of it is unreal. Like a lot of the sheet metal work for the dash and all that sort of gear is unreal. So give us a little bit of the, the details of like that sort of custom work that's been done to it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll obviously start off again with the, the, the glitter tint from Capo's Tinting. Um, so that's number one. But then we, we'll go straight into the engine bay. Um, so, again, trying to keep it – we tried to keep it period-specific um, mods. 
So we've got uh, like hence the HKS turbo. Um, we've got the old school Apexi blow off valve and intercooler. Um, you know, we've got uh, a trust oil cooler, which we actually bought back from Up Garage in Japan back in 2016 and just had it sitting there and we're like, oh, let's use this. Um, and then again, Wayne's, you know, a fabricator, so he's custom fabbed up as much as he could. So, you know, custom turbo manifold, custom engine mounts, custom intercooler piping, custom fran shroud, um, you know, custom ignition coil brackets to suit Honda K24 coils, um, custom oil catch can, custom radiator overflow. And, um, yeah, he's also done all the custom braided lines to suit everything that's in the engine bay. Um, you know, then you've got in the car, so you've got your custom sheet metal dash, which is currently one of two. He's also done one on a um, Monaro as well. So, but... um. A lot of people that have seen them are, you know, digging what he does with them. So that's pretty cool. Um, running old school autometer gauges as well. Um, so that's another kind of little period specific kind of thing that was in there. Um, then we move on to the OMP handbrake that runs a Wilwood master cylinder. Again, custom braided lines and stainless steel hard line as well for that one. Um then we've got onto the brakes. We've got the R33 front calipers um, that are on the BA Falcon rotors, which hurts my insides a little bit, but, you know, it is what it is. <laughs> it gets the job done. <laughs> um, even the YouTube video that I did when I was, you know, putting these calipers together, I grinded off the Nissan part and we texted on Toyota because, you know, that's just that's us for you. <laughs> um we're running jzz30 sora rear calipers so old school sora rear calipers um and rotors with custom brackets again custom brackets just fabbed up by wayne for r33 calipers um so yeah the r33 are the handbrake and the sora ones are foot brake so i've got the two um yep Custom adjustable camber caster toe arms in the rear. Um, then we've got the three-inch exhaust with a bazooka rear muffler. We call it a bazooka because it's just like a straight long pipe. <laughs> um, yeah. And then we're into the boot for the, the stock intake pump with the surge tank um, that goes to a 044 copy pump. Um you know, and then I've got the the rear tail lights again that like he's custom fabbed all that up and he's put the little swage lines and all that kind of stuff in it to make it look nice. Um, bash bars will be coming, so he'll fab those up as well. Oh, okay. Are you, yeah. Are you losing bumpers to, for those or? Most probably, yeah. yeah. Um, How do you feel about that? Not too fast. Uh, or are you going to wait till you actually lose numbers? Yeah, I don't know. I Again, I think, I don't know. I don't want to give myself a big head, but I think there's still part of me that holds back a little bit out there because I still value the car as a whole. So yeah, I get yeah. a bit worried about, yeah. oh, I don't want to hit anything. But at the same time, I'm like, no, 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 this car is for me to, to push the boundaries, you know. And um, I can, I can sympathise with that yeah. because – 
my D twenty two Navara is um like the it I have a, a tub on the back of it and anybody that looks at that thing out there is probably just crying and going, Please do not put that tub into a wall oh. because we we I think to go and get that we had to drive to Newcastle. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you just can't find you just can't find single cab tubs anymore because every mini trucker yeah. uh, back in the day cut them up and whatever else and then as as you know, like it might have been a good mini truck to start with, but someone else has bought that and now they've cut it in a different way, and then someone else has bought that after they've failed and now they've tried to do it, and so you just can't find these tubs anymore. And I've pretty much just bought a tub and just put it on a drift truck, so um, everybody is going to be crying, but please don't put that into a wall. And I, and I have that same feeling like, oh, I'll go as long as I can without putting this thing into a wall, but ultimately, it, it's going to happen. It, we, we think, so we think, I'll, I'll these things, but... yeah. But um, yeah. So I'd, I'd like yeah. to say that I've I've gotten that good at spinning that I don't think I'm gonna hit a wall or hit someone or you know I'd like to say that, but yeah, things happen sometimes. So the longer that I can put it off for, the better. That's right. Yeah. But um, but no, I'm keen to see yeah. what these these bash bars make it look like. You know, obviously trying to keep to that retro futurism look thing about it. You know, so yeah. yeah. And then, um, yeah, then I think, like, you know, we've got, oh, I've got a running all the NRG, the glittery seats on the inside and the glitter steering wheel, the quick release. Uh, yep. A lot of people, that catches their eye, that, that quick release. You know, I'm pretty cool with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and then the, you know, NRG um, gear shifter. So, yeah, i sort of had my eye on energy NRG kind of stuff it just I know something about it I just like it um and then thanks to Mr Jason Gauchi who is one of my best mates he is an auto electrician and a very very good one so he has wired this car from front to back um running in a microtech LT16 um running a dry cell battery inside the car on the passenger side um so yeah so he wired this whole thing yep. from front to back from a bare shell so um thank nice. you thank you very much jason if you're listening thank you muchly appreciated <laughs> and then um i move on to that's, that's another thing i'm looking at yeah i can only recommend him because he is he's been doing it for a long time yep. and it definitely reflects in his work very much nice um and then I move on to lastly my other mate Mitch Wery, who he has the Purple People Eater, the Purple R33 Skyline, which is currently being fixed because the the engine decided to knock and go out the door. <laughs> um, he Uncle has helped Uncle Rodney, hey? Yeah, yeah. Uncle Rodney came to visit and out he went. Um yeah. He's been around for a lot of it, assisting and helping and with all all of it. And, um, yeah, he gave us the – he did the street tune using his laptop to get it running and we popped it on the dyno and the first run that it did was 284, I think it was. So he, he wasn't far off, you know, a, a good tune. So, he, Not bad. yeah, he did he did very well. Yeah. 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 Nice. So overall, how long did this build take? Because that, that that sounds like a lot of stuff. 
to go on in this thing. All right, so the build started when I stripped it bare in September 2021, and then it was running for its first event in January this year. So it was only three to four months, that build. Oh, my God. It took me... I'm embarrassed. It took me 12 months to get my, my D22 up and running, you know, turbo charging up and running properly. Yeah, look. <laughs> you, you, you've done so much more work inside of a, a quarter of the time. I am extremely, extremely blessed to have a very, very talented husband who is a fabricator because without him, I would be just like everyone else, you know, waiting years, months years and spending so much money but because he can do it obviously um and he's just as passionate yeah. as about it, building cars as what i am about drifting um you know so yeah i think very much due to his profession um and his knowledge that would be the only reason why something like that would get built that quick in that workman that that level of workmanship yeah, you know awesome. so yeah awesome I'll tell him I'm, I'm bringing a D21 out, out his way. I'm going to dirty up your garage with the nuisance. <laughs> no problem. There's, yours won't be the only one. There's a few, so. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, so give us a, give us an idea of some of the hurdles you face along the way. Obviously, something like that doesn't get built without without running into a few few hurdles. Yeah, look, I'd, I'm going to be honest and, and say that, um, you know, Toyota reliability has done it again. That engine went in and it ticked over and it was perfect. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> however, <laughs> um, just teething stuff, a lot of it. So um, the biggest main one for us has been like tyres and playing with that, that suspension and tyre set up to get it right. That's something we're still mucking around with, you know, like my first outing I went out and the tyres that I like that I was running were super sticky. So I'm like fully going in hot and, right. you know, Wayne's saying to me, you know, just, just give it, just go for it. You've got to learn the car, you know, and I'm coming in hot and this thing just isn't going sideways. And then the moment it would go sideways, it yeah. was just, it was all on like Donkey Kong and it would just spin straight away. So you know, so that was obviously yeah. something that was really frustrating for the first time outing of giving it a good drift um, to not be able to get it sideways. Um, I had fuel filter issues. Yeah. So the fuel filter, like we didn't clean the tank <laughs> um, as we probably should yeah, have. Right so right. it got clogged and... And also sympathise with that. Yeah, 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 it got clogged and I lost. I was losing power. Um, the handbrake... Um, there was issues there with the cheap Chinese master cylinder and it just, so I ended up, I had these. I know, I know that pain too. Yeah. <laughs> I had sticky tires, I had no power and I had no handbrake. So there was no hope in hell that I was drifting on that first event. Yep. But I, I tried, I tried. Yeah, <laughs> yeah my, my handbrake issue, um, I had much the same. I think I think I might have ended up the same way as you were with the Willwood caliper, um, the Willwood uh, master cylinder for it. Yeah, was just I couldn't find anything to work with it. I couldn't find any fittings to work with it, and it was so cheap. It was small. It was way too underpowered. Especially, I mean, the rear of mine is drum brakes, so they just you yank that thing on and they just lock instantly. Yeah, it's amazing. But um, I just I could get nothing for it to work. So I went and got the Wilwood one, 
and I just it was so much easier. It just made life so easy. Yeah. And so to you know save yourself fifty dollars or whatever to get yourself a cheap Chinese eBay thing. Yeah. And just go. Ended up costing me twice as much. Yeah. Just in that in that uh, master cylinder. Why didn't I just buy the good one to start with? You know, like. Yeah, that's, so that's that's a lesson learned, and and yeah. something for anyone out there listening. If you're going to buy one of these cheap Chinese eBay knockoff handbrakes, don't bother. No, nah. get yourself one of the good ones straight off the bat because you're going to pay that money anyway. No matter which way you look at it, you are paying that money. Yes, Dad always said to me, you know, a smart person learns off other people's <laughs> mistakes. So please, smart people, learn from our mistakes <laughs> and go and buy the right yeah. the right master yeah. cylinder. Invest. You, you can. <laughs> Cheap out everywhere else. Cheap out everywhere else you want. This one, yep. trust me, go and get the good stuff straight away. <laughs> oh, funny. Um, yeah, and then so we got all those fixed and we headed out to the next event and then I had clutch and flywheel issues. So I was running North Circuit. Um, the first two laps were yep. dry and then it just poured down rain for the rest of the night after that. So, um, But it got to the point of where I was trying to grab third and – it just wasn't grabbing. It was just all clutch. Um, so, yeah, took it home, right. put it up on the hoist, pulled it apart, and there was hot spots all over the flywheel everywhere and, you know, the clutch needed to replace the whole clutch. It was just nasty. Um, the thing is with the 1G flywheels, they're hard to get and they're quite expensive to get um, if you do find one. Yeah. So... We ended up not being able to find one. So um, luckily enough, Wayne's brother, Paul, is a fitter machiner. So <laughs> we took it to him and got it machined. Thank you, Paul. And, um, yeah, bought a new clutch and put it in and it was all fixed and good to go. So then we headed back out to uh, South Circuit, which was, I think, like the next fortnight after, after North. Um and clutch and oh, again it was raining you know um, clutch and flywheel yeah. were great however my diff decided to unweld itself <laughs> so the diff that we were originally using was an mx80 very, very handy yeah it was um the grande diff out of out of the mx83 crusaders so lsd um they're much harder to get into and weld they're like a two-piece thing and they've got like lots of clutches and stuff in there and it's just it's hard to get in there and actually weld them yeah, up yeah. um so yeah obviously the lack of weld in there um so yeah it was just going around the track and just ended up single peeling everywhere and went oh dear and originally we thought it was something to do with the clutch and flywheel and we're quite worried about it because we're like we can't replace this flywheel like we can't find one like what am I going to do yeah and um but no luckily enough we got home and it was the diff so out it came and we were we knew of a whole rear cradle that was around town and um yeah we were lucky to go up and snatch it up and bring it back and opened it up welded it up put it back in and and um yeah so it's just the stock one just the stock open diff so it was yeah heaps easier to get in and weld and that was when we went off to the dyno and I've had um I had the what did I have I had the oh the figure eight the other night and um yeah so that all seems that all seems pretty well fixed so it's just the consistent tie issue that I'm battling with but I'll figure it out eventually I'll get there (laughs) yeah yeah that's it 
Well, now now you're running the same tyres all the time. You, Essentially, you, you're gonna yeah. You're gonna find that a lot easier to deal with. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So, um, upcoming upgrades, future upgrades. What do you what do you got? Oh, more lock. I need more lock. More lock. More lock. More lock. Yep. Um, half cage. That'll be easy enough, you know, when hubby's got some time or we're booked to go to an event that requires the half cage, it'll get done at some stage. Um, and, yeah, bash bars. Yeah. Um, and then probably I'm trying to leave the livery as long as I can, um, you know, obviously being the car that I'm meant to push boundaries in and learning and things like that. I don't want to go getting this nice fancy paint job and livery and then end up hitting it and, doing all sorts of things with it. I'd prefer to just leave it silver for now until, you know, I get to a stage where I'm comfortable to go, yep, let's put a livery on it. I think I trust myself. I'll be right. <laughs> and it can stay looking pretty. Yeah. Um, but I think after that, I think the yeah. Cressida um, will probably stay as it is until such time if something happens and it requires further yeah. modification. <laughs> right. So in in the, the very off chance and hopefully in the very, very, very far future something does happen to the Crusader and you had to start over again with another build, what would you what would it be and what would you do differently? Oh, so a completely different build. So um mm-hmm. yeah. Um I mean the the ideal build for me would be to get an old school Crusader chassis, so like an X thirty two, which is the most undesired of them, but you know, they're just long wheelbase X chassis. I've got a thing about them. Um, yep. Yeah, and I'd probably look at doing like a a two um, a two URSFE, which is the five liter V eight out of the Lexus ISFs. That is a mouthful and a half to say. Yep. <laughs> I thought the I thought the one you said FE or or whatever whatever yeah. came after that yeah. was difficult to say. That's a, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Yeah. So if, easiest thing is just the five liter V8 out of a Lexus ISF. Everyone knows what they sound like yeah, and what yeah. they are, and you know. But yeah, they're called a two URS SFE. <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think uh, yep. I think an X32 chassis because they've got quite a long, big front engine bay area. Um, people do two J conversions and stuff to them. Yeah. I think they could accommodate that engine going in there. So. Um, I definitely oh, think easily, that, yeah. yeah that that could could go in there, but I, that's also something that I'd possibly like to do. Um, you know, I always use this expression when I get my big boy pants. So when it's time to upgrade, you know, to something yeah. where I'm hunting for more power and the one G can't provide it anymore. Um, but yep. then again, you've got the the money side of it as well. You know, trying to buy that kind of an engine is quite expensive. You know. Yeah will I not do it because I may not be able to fund that kind of a project? Will I end up just going with like a 2GR or something instead? Um, you know, which um, there's a dude that gets around in the blue K70 Corolla with the Nissan XR front on it. He runs a, I'm pretty sure he runs a 2GR yep, yep. and um, yeah, he's doing, he's doing really well oh, in I that thing. That. So like just to put it in comparison, the 2GRs are everywhere. They're cheap. You can get them. Um, they're easy for parts to get, yeah. they're easy to maintain. So it just depends really what future brings, what life holds. Don't know, but that would, yeah. if I could, so it's, it's, that's what I'd do if I could. 
yeah it's it's hard to get your hands on those desirable motors now yeah. you know like you're looking yeah, especially for your one J's and your two J's, you're looking so much money for these sorts of things. Yeah. And they're they're proven reliable power, and you can make big power out of them, but you've got to spend so much money to do it. Yeah, you literally have to have a. And then like, you look. You got to have like yeah. two spare engines. Sorry, go for it. You got to have like two spare engines. Yeah. Just in case, and you will want to have bought them five years That's ago right. before they went, you know, up in price. That's right. Yeah. So, so now it's it's yeah it's it's little wonder now you see a lot of the um, the LS conversions in just about everything drifty because they're cheap, reliable horsepower, not so cheap now. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Everything's gone up so 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 massively. Yeah. Um. So it's it's really hard to find something modern that's going to do the job that you want. Um. Yeah, you've got you've got to start looking to really odd things, and you, yeah, you look at um. Over in FD, you look at Frederick Asbo and, and uh, Stefan Papadakis running the Corolla engines and things like that in yep. a rear-wheel drive configuration. Like, obviously, they've got endless amounts of money to do this sort of thing yep. and make big power out of these motors. But that's kind of what you're dealing with now. You've got to kind of get creative with the ways these motors uh, work for you. Absolutely. Um, even, yeah, just because they're cheap to, to find. You can find them at a wreckers, no worries at all. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Um I personally, again, I'll appreciate a good build and everything like that, but I personally would not ever do an LS or a barrel or anything like that because obviously being pure Toyota, I would rather take the hard road and make something work, you know, (laughs) because exactly for that reason, you know, like, yeah, but, you know, sometimes you do have to think about the money side of things and, you know, but we'll deal with that when we get to it. I'm I'm pretty sure I'm a few years yeah. off that kind of stuff, yeah. but hopefully, hopefully that's a long way down the yeah. road. Yeah, but it is in the back of my mind. I always think to myself now, you know, if if I yeah. if I could get one of these five liter V8 ISF engines now and just put it on the shelf, should I? Because will they be worth more in three to five years? You know, one of those things. Probably, yeah. If, if people really start to figure it out, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so if you get one at a decent price, you might as well jump on it. Yeah. So we'll we'll get over to the the custom side of things. Um, you've, you've spoken about your husband Wayne and his uh, custom work, um, Shambridge Custom Shop, I believe is the name of it. Is that correct? SCS. Yes, that's it. Shambridge Custom Shop, SCS. Yep. Nice. So how long's that? How long's that been a thing for? How so long's that been going? That's been going since 2013. Um, however, we always did it outside of our full time jobs. Um, we just. Yep. sort of kept it on the side. Uh, we were younger and we were a little bit worried, you know, we'd bought our first house and, you know, we're not far off thinking about having kids and we were just a bit worried about, you know, where our priorities sort of sat. So we sort of just kept putting off the full-time thing until last year. Um, Wayne just went, you know what, I'm going full-time. And I went, yep, let's do it. We're in a good spot, so go for it. And so far it's... It's been really good. He's he's loving it. Um, we've seen some quite unique cars come through. Um, it's been it's been really good. Met some really really good people. Built some really nice relationships. So and Wayne has built his skill, his love for fabricating and modifying and you know changing things, making them a bit different. And his attention to detail for stuff. Um, 
you know, he's bang on the money. So he's, he's, uh, well, I'm proud of him. And I, I think in a way he, he's probably proud of himself because he's very, like he's always learning and wanting to learn new things and um, he's pushed his boundaries a yep. bit, which is good. It's good. Yeah, that's good. It's um, it's something something to be said for um, you know, just just actually yeah, pushing your skill set and and it, making that achieve, yeah, achieving that in the end, you know, you've got a goal. Even just taking the dive and opening up that as a full time thing, yeah, and having that succeed is an achievement in itself, and it's something that definitely you know, like you both should be very proud of. Yeah. Um. Thank you. Yeah. So, so welcome. Um. So in in like. Shembury's custom shop. What kind of work is done there? Is it is it more mechanical? Is it fabrication? Is it, it all of it? What, what are we? Sort of it's with? all of it. It's mainly obviously fabrication. Um, he's a sheet metal fabricator. Yep. Um, you know, and it's anything and everything. Um, but he also will like he'll do engine conversions for people. He'll paint a car. Um, we've got a little spray booth in there too. Um, you know, he'll. Do, the, the, pretty much the only kind of thing that we don't do in-house would be trimming, like interior trimming is kind of the only yep. thing that we don't really do. Um, so, yeah, and we've got the ability to get all kinds of parts. Um, so, yeah, but his main trade is sheet metal fabrication, so that's what he mainly um, will be doing. Um, but it can go from yep. the automotive to the commercial industry as well, so he doesn't always sit there working on cars he you know he's done some what do they call you know on the balconies the fancy people that live on the on the coast with their glass um glass fences and they have the metal posts that go in like he'll do stuff like that as well um but yeah but as of lately it's been very very automotive based which is really cool um i'd like to sort of say he's kind of like carl fisher but in the outback (laughs) in a way he's very old school thinking, yeah. you know, with the swage lines and tries, you know, tries his best to get that artistic side of him out. And Carl Fisher is a massive, yeah. massive um, influence or a hero for him as well. Like he loves, loves watching his videos yeah. and seeing what he does and get inspiration from him. So, yeah, I'd, I'd like to label him as Carl Fisher yeah, of the but- Outback. <laughs> <laughs> It just it, and it just so happens. I mean, it happened six months ago now, or nearly six months ago. It's been that long since I've actually put a podcast out. So for everyone listening, I'm very sorry, but we're back. Um, you, you're actually following up Carl Fisher. So <laughs> he was he was he was the last podcast we had last November, I think it was. So yeah, good, good. That's very cool. Good, good. Yeah, nah, he's um, he's got some yeah. good stuff. So have you yourself had any chance there or? Oh my god, that man is just incredible. He is. His, his talent is unreal, yeah. and he just he'll, he'll just simply just make it out of nothing. His videos where he's like, "Oh, we'll just do this with just simple hand tools." I'm like, "And you're the only person in the world that can do that with simple hand yeah. tools." Yeah, yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's yeah, it's unreal. So, have you yourself had a chance to get out and fabricate anything? <laughs> have you made made anything for your own cars, or I, I have in the yes, I have. Um, I'm obviously not a sheet metal fabricator, so the standard of how I fabricate something is very different to the standard of Wayne. <laughs> um, but I've just done yeah. simple stuff like, you know, backing, uh, blocking off, like blanking off plates and, you know, um, drilling holes and bowling stuff in, like just that kind of stuff. But like I haven't 
welded a whole yeah. exhaust or, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I leave that for Wayne yeah. because he's he's good at what he does. But I do get my hands dirty. Yeah. I do assist in a lot of stuff. Um, and then the other part of it too is because we both have that mindset of being an owner builder, um, it all requires time. And being a mum of three kids, um, you know, there's always going to be one of us sort of watching out for them or supervising them because they're only they're only young. There's three under seven. And, um, you know, so it'll kind of yeah. be that thing of a time-sensitive issue of, all right, well, I'll watch the kids and do dinner if you want to weld the exhaust, you know, and then things like that. Or, you know, he'll come in and be like, I'm going for a shower and I might go polish something for him um, or linish something for him. Like it's just kind of working yeah. as a bit of a team to negotiate the reality of life. Yeah in amongst that, that, that kind of stuff. In so real life as well. Yeah. Yeah. hundred yep. percent. Yep. Yep. Awesome. When, when you do, when you do fabricate little bits and pieces, do, do, do you get the, do you get him standing behind you with like the judgy eyes? You know, oh, I probably wouldn't do that sort of thing or, um, or is he pretty, pretty helpful? He's pretty helpful. Um, he's a very patient person and, the way he asks me to do something is not just like, oh, here, go do this. It's this is what I want you to do and this is how you use it. And, you know, I'll go, no, 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 I've done it before. I'm all good. Or I'll go, oh, how do you do this? Or how do you want it? How far back? You know, because, again, I'm also self-critical of how I do stuff. I don't want to go walking over giving him something and him being like, you linish too much off it. (laughs) You know, so I want to make sure I get it right. So, um, but, no, he's he's not too bad. But he, he does let me know when I... When I make a boo-boo. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I'd, I'd be terrible because I'd, I don't know. I just like working alone. Yeah. So if my wife was to try and help me do stuff, like I was like, you know, I just, I've got it. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hopeless. So. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd be the one sort of sitting back behind going, you sure you want to do it that I... way? Yeah, like just super passive aggressive. Like, mm, there's a better way to do that and I don't want to tell you what there is. So... Yeah, no, that's cool. That's really cool. So uh, you have a YouTube channel? I do. Let's have a little chat about that. Oh, Jessica Shembury Build Vlogs. So this is something. So I haven't had social media since I was 15. So I met Wayne. Um, I was 15 years old at the time. I was, you know, fresh out of high school, just finished year 10 and got my first job off social media, didn't need it, didn't want it didn't have to have it all this time. And then, you know, the past few years, the way the digital world has evolved and things like that, you know, it was kind of like getting to a stage of where if we wanted to go to car meets and things like that, you've got to have the Facebook, you know, you've got to know the the events are on there. You've got to know when they are. So you've got to know where they are. Correct. Yeah. And, um, and so, yeah, then coming into this build, um, for the cosmic crusader and this year with what it behold, like, you know, was, was bringing, it was playing on my mind over the years with Shambri's Custom Shop. You know, we'd had a lot of people that had mentioned, you know, oh, you should film what you do or, you know, people would love to watch you working and fabricating this and doing this and driving to these events. And, you know, we just kind of kept going on, ah, oh, like it's not a reality. It's not a, like it's not something we can do. You know, we're just, we're little people, you know, we just kept sort of brushing it off. And then it wasn't until, yeah, September last year when we knew what, this year was going to, to hold for us that I sort of went, hang on, this this could be a reality. Like this is actually doable. Like, you know, this is something that I can do. I'm, I'm pretty sure I can do this. 
Um, and so I came home one day, which was when, you know, after after I had just fully stripped the Cressida and turned it into a bare shell, um, it was when I think it was just before we were about to put the engine in and I just came home one day and I went, I'm doing it, I'm giving it a go, I'm going for it and we'll just figure the rest out along the way kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, and that was it. Um, I just thought, you know, let's let's start spreading, you know, the word of kind of what we're doing and what we're here and, you know, the things we're working on and the adventures we're having. Um, you know, there are some in Australia that do it, but there's not like a massive amount here in Australia compared to other countries, um, especially girls. So yeah. I thought, you know what, look, I'll give it a go. Like I've got nothing to lose, so let's just go for it. And the other part of it was also the fact that I was hopping on board with DC for the Women in Drifting and my mindset started to change of, well, how else can I reach these other women that are out there that may want to hop in um, you know, on this drifting thing and give it a go or, you know, may just genuinely just be into cars and may not want to actually drift themselves but may just want to watch that content. Um, you know, so that was the other part that was in the back of my mind that kind of went, you know what, let's let's just give it a go. And um, so far it's been pretty good, I think, from September till now. Um, you know, like I've got, got some subscribers. I've had people commenting and actually interacting um, with the videos, which has been really good. Um, you know, one, the MX83 Crusader community and the 1G engine community, they're like, there are no YouTube videos out there of people doing a build on an MX83, let alone with a 1G. So there's been a massive response from them because they're just like, oh, wow, like no one out there, out there even knows what a 1G is. And when they think of a 1G, they think of the 1G, the crappy one out of the IS-200. So, you know, yeah. so it's yeah. been good response there. Um, you know, I'm doing it myself. I'm filming and editing all myself. So, again, I'm, you know, I've never studied filming or anything like that. So it is just me just going along the way and learning and just teaching myself stuff, um, YouTube tutorials, you know. <laughs> um, and yeah. just trying to maintain the foundation of staying genuine and true to the vehicles and the events that we go to um just making sure that that is the content that we are presenting is exactly as we experience it as we see it um you know and i think that you know staying on that kind of a foundation um will help with it going more long term um we see ourselves as we're never going to stop building cars we're never going to stop going to events we're never going to stop racing. So for us, we're like, this is a long-term thing. This is something we're probably going to do forever. Um, you know, even if it ends up being just for us and our five subscribers, you know, by the time we're 60 to 70 <laughs> years old, you know, because we're old people by yeah. then and I'm sure, you know, the Tesla community will take over. But you know what I'm saying? Like I just, yeah, yeah it's had a good response. So um, while it's here, we'll keep moving on with it and, and um, yeah, hopefully that it reaches more women, you know, to say, hey, like if she's doing it, yeah, I'm going to give this a go and hop on board with like the drifting or, yeah. you know, talking about cars or even just getting them out to look at a car. Like 
that's all it kind of takes is that one little person to look at it and give them a little feeling inside. So I hope that that's what it does. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you mentioned being an ambassador for AusDC. Uh, tell us a bit about how that, how that went down and, and what that means. Yes. So AusDC, Australian Drift Club, based at City Motorsport Eastern Creek. So super, super lucky. Um, they posted up that they were looking for ambassadors for women in drifting. Um, again, being myself, I kind of was like, oh, I have no social media. I don't really know anyone. Yep. <laughs> I kind of saw myself as a little person that was like, oh, there's no way they're going to, you know, look at me. Like I'm nobody kind of thing. I'm from, you know, out of Sydney, rural. <laughs> um, but, you know, the people that did know me, that knew of me drifting the chaser, they were like, you need to hop on this. You need to give this a go. Just just go for it. What have you got to lose? And I was like, you know what, let's give it a go. And boy, am I completely blown away and so thankful that Sam and Alicia from Australian Drift Club said yes to, to offering me an ambassadorship with them um, to help get out there and inspire and encourage and motivate other women, um, you know, to get out and give these events a go. So I'm super lucky um, to be standing aside the amazing Tiana Samrani and Kat Barry um, to help, like, not only each other grow, but the club, other women out there, yep. and most importantly, just our whole drifting community as a whole. So, you know, it's been really awesome as of late. You know, we've had massive support from the Glitter Gang girls down in South Australia to know that our content is now reaching them like that's that's a massive achievement in itself to know that it's it's now going that far that it is reaching other women out there um, to spread the word of hey come on out come on out you know so um, that drifting community yeah it's 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 awesome um, Australian Drift Club have been going since two thousand and eight um, and Sam he started at the beginning with out at Oran Park and I couldn't ask for such a more knowledge and genuine person to be standing there helping us or helping me on this journey. Um, he's so talented and he's just so damn humble about it too. Um, you know, and the beautiful Alicia yeah. talk about women, inspiring women. So she's there every event. She's, you know, serving all the people, getting them out on the track, you know, she's hustling. Then she's standing there yeah. cheering us on, you know, um, her and Karina will put together their little TikToks of us, you know, and, post it up and, you know, they're on the social media getting other people's little snippets and posting it up and, you know, they're doing their thing. And it's that is the kind of stuff that, you know, like even though she's there, she's working, she's hustling, she still is making that time to, to get yeah. other people out there and to, to help them. And, you know, it's just it's such a good and stable foundation for a club and, you know, a drifting community, um, you know, and I'm so proud of, to be a part of that and that opportunity with them. Um, you know, so all I can say is just just keep an eye out on their events calendar because there are events popping up left, right, and center. Um, you know, and it's really good because all the time. Yeah, yeah, they're aimed at they're aimed at you know all levels, but you know, beginner and amateur like ourselves, where we're like you know we've got our street car or we've bought our first drift car or whatever it is, or you just want to get out there in your daily car and just be like, I want to know what it feels like to drive in the wet and spin out. They cater for all of that. Um, yep. you know, so yeah, it's just amazing to be a part of that. 
Um, talk about how busy the, the two of those are, Sam and Alicia. Uh, <laughs> try and pin them down to do a podcast. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I think I've been working on that for over three months now. Yeah. And um, at the last event, um, the weekend just gone that, we're, that uh, you and I were both at, um, I actually went up to Alicia at the start of the night because I was sort of just taking photos. And I, I, just, I went straight into race day mode. Yep. So I'm just walking around the track like, like I would. It's a normal race day. And uh, one of the guys comes over, he actually paused up the whole figure eight and he drives over. He's like, hey, dude, if you want to take photos, just go and get yourself a media vest and you can stand wherever you want. I'm like, yeah, okay, um, sorry. <laughs> I, was, I was almost standing right up against the wall. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I thought nothing of it. It was just track day for me sort of thing. I'm like, yeah, cool, I'll take photos, do the thing. So I went over, grabbed a vest, and at the end of the night, I went and handed the vest back and Alicia's gone. She goes, your name's Heath, isn't it? Oh, yeah. She goes, you do the podcast? I'm like, yeah. She goes, I'm so sorry. She goes, we were meant to do something. Weren't we? I'm like, yeah, we were. She goes, um, what happened with that? I said, well, I sent you an email and I never got a reply. Um, and then, and then, I, then I started feeling bad. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't chase it up. She's no, no, no. No, I didn't want to tell her that's three months ago. <laughs> No, they're busy. And- but they're so busy. Yeah, they're so busy. And I understand it. Like even um, when we were going backwards and forwards with emails, it was it was like a week before I'd get a reply. And then I'd shoot one back, shoot a, shoot a reply back, and then it'd be another week. And I'm like, oh, well, these guys are so busy. And it, it is. It's true. You look at their calendar, it is packed. Yeah. They're always, they're flat out. Yeah. They're doing something. 100%. Even on the day there, they're always flat out. Yep. I got... I got to talk to her for like five minutes and then she had to go do other stuff. And yeah, it's, it's unreal. So the amount of work that they put into this, especially the, like the Sydney scene and, and getting people started is unreal. Yeah. hundred percent. hundred percent. Absolutely. Absolutely. Unreal. <clears throat> so talk to us about women in drift. This is an Australian drift club initiative called women in drift, I guess, to inspire women to get into drifting. Um, tell us about that. Yeah, so again, completely overwhelmed to be given the opportunity to be able to get out there and help support other women or even men that want to get into it. So obviously, um, you know, I'm a mum of three and my kids are little and people would think, you know, that I'd be too busy. Um, But you know what? These kids are out with me. They're at the events, not the late night ones, but they're out at the other events, Um, you know, and... Other, the idea of it is to, to show, you know, that if you want to do something, you can do it. So it's about getting out there and, and showing, you know, other women, um, you know, that you can do it and to motivate them, to, to give them that little inkling of, you know what, I would like to see what that's like. They don't necessarily have to drive either. They can just come along and come for a passenger run. Um, unfortunately, we don't have Wonderland yeah. here in Sydney anymore. So this is probably the closest kind of through ride you're going to get to a roller coaster, come and give it a go. Hop in, be a yeah, passenger. Yeah, that's true. That is so true. Give it a go, you know. Um, yeah, it's that's that's what it's about. It's about getting out there and reaching those those other women, you know, out there and, and bringing them into it and, if they, and knowing that, you know, it's okay if they want to give this a go. Like, that's okay. Get out there. If you feel yeah. it, go for it. Why not? The one thing that, that really, really stuck out to me, the second I saw – this the women in drifting which was i think the first one was australia day this year yep um i just thought what a brilliant initiative because i always joke about drift like drifting is like like completely male dominated it's no secret you know what i mean like 
people can get upset at that all they like, but it's completely male dominated. That's it's a fact. Yeah. Um, but what comes with that is any women that want to get into drifting, they feel that male dominance there. Yeah. So, and, and like you're saying, you know, like you, you spin out and you feel like the world is watching you. Yeah. It's the same thing. You know, like you feel like you've got all these judging eyes looking at you. And the fact that you can just get out there with a bunch of other women who are doing the same thing, they're just giving it a go. They're out there for the first time or maybe the second time. Yeah. And they don't care. Everyone's there to support each other and prop each other up yeah. and help each other out. Yeah. Um, I just thought that was brilliant. I brought my daughter along to the first one. She rode in the car with you. She absolutely loved it. Yeah. <laughs> thank um, you. Yeah. 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 So, so thank you for that. That was, that was unreal. She, she absolutely loved that. She loved the car. She loved the glitter. Yeah. Like she's, you know, like she's a girl to girl too. She loves the glittery stuff. And, and yeah, she just absolutely loved it. She had a great day. And, um, yeah, but I just thought, what a, what a great way. Um, to help women get into into motorsport in general, you know, it doesn't even have to be drifting. Like drifting can be a, like an, an aside to something else that you do. Like if you want to get out and do track racing, yeah, you know, like a track day, drifting can be a bit of a gateway to that as well. Because there's going to be a point on a track day where you're going to get a bit loose on the track, and there might be some of that something that you've learned on the on the wet pan or something like that it'll kick in and just sort of save you from from coming off the track just that once or something like that yeah 100 so percent. it's an awesome yeah like an awesome initiative just to, just to get women to give it a go yeah um cat um, barry is a massive track racer so she loves track um she prefers that here and she does the drifting side of it for a little bit of fun um, but it's helping build that skill for those exact reasons for track racing so that's exactly what she does, yeah. which is awesome. So but what, I, what I was going to say is, um, like even for this podcast, you know, I, I talk about male-dominated. Um, if I look at the – I actually went and looked through the statistics for the podcast and um, our demographic, our target, or not target demographic, but our general demographic is 89% male age 28 to 44. Yep. So the reason I bring that up is to tell all of those males that 89% aged – 28 to 44 a lot of you have cars that your wife can go and drive at one of these events 100%. get her out there 100%. let her listen to this podcast let her listen to jess what jess has got to say and get her out to some of these events because she might not even she, she might not even be about cars she might not really even like cars or enjoy cars just uh, whatever but if you get her out to one of these events even get her into a passenger seat i think it's like 30 dollars to get a wristband uh, bring long sleeves, long pants, a helmet. Uh, I believe they have helmets that you can borrow. Correct. Yep. Um, get, get them out. Get them in a passenger seat, even, and um, just just show them that that world because they might finally understand what it is that you're into. Yeah, you know, just something so simple can can open up just so many different opportunities, even for even for yourselves. That you know that eighty nine percent where your wife goes, oh, okay, I understand what it is that you do now or what it is that you like. And I, I do know there is, there is a certain percentage of that number that are drifters as well. So you guys have already got cars that you can bring your your respective other out and give a go. Yeah. Give her the car for the day. Let her out on the wet pan. You know, you don't get, you know, a lot of the guys that would do it anyway would know how a wet pan goes. It's not too fast. You know, you don't need big power. So, you know, when you do spin out, you're not, spinning out fast if you do hit another car it's not hard like yeah i'm reaching out reaching out to those guys right now just to get get your other halves involved 100%. they will absolutely makes it fun and if they don't but at least they might understand finally 
what it is that you're about. Yeah, makes makes a fun date too. <laughs> That's right. Hundred percent. That's right. Scare the scare the shit out of them. Do it. <laughs> so I guess what the uh, women in drift. Well, I guess we kind of covered that, haven't we? The women in women in drift, um, as far as what it means for women in motorsport in general. Yeah. Um, is there any 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 um, I guess any other women that you kind of look up to? Um, yeah. As far as that, inside well, motorsport. Again, being having no social media um, for fifteen years, obviously I've missed out on a lot in the social world. <laughs> so um, this has been my opportunity to catch yep. up on all of that, and so I'm only like building relationships and have only been building these relationships since September last year. Um, so a few that I have met um, have been um, Rochelle, uh, Rachel Sterling from Race Chicks motorsport um you know she was at world of time attack she's got a little pop-up stall she was down at formula drift they do more track stuff and like hill climbs and um you know little girl uh, they've got like a women's go-karting team and things like that um but they're there to support any woman that that is out there wanting to compete or have a go at motorsport um you know so that's just an amazing community um there that is just out there to support that. Um, there's also the Girl Talk car community. Again, same thing. You know, you've got rally chicks in there. Um, you know, you've got some monster truckers. Uh, you've got some big V8 drivers, some speedway drivers, um, things like that, you know. Um, so they're out there and, you know, they're, um, they're out there just, you know, letting other women know that it's all good. Um, but yeah, they're also out there letting you know that, you know, your dream doesn't have to be to drive a race car. Um, it could be just to coach a racing team, wave a flag, work in the pits, or just simply be there to have a go and have the choice to try. Um, so, you know, that's, that's another big thing as well. You know, you don't necessarily just have to want to go there. You might just like to go there just to hang out and watch it for the day. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely getting out there to let people know that, Hey, like women, you can, you can just come out and hang out. Like no problem. <laughs> there are options. Absolutely. So you take, you get your kids out there with you. They enjoy the days. Yes, they do. They are out there. So I've got two girls and a boy. Um, you know, my girls, you know, they are very involved being the elder of my three. Um, you know, they, they will ride their bikes in the yard and fight over who has a 1J and a 2J on their bike. So <laughs> that's quite quite funny um, to show just how much the influence of, of us, I guess, has rubbed off on them, um, you know, and, and so much so like my eldest, she's seven, but when she was finishing preschool, she was four and, you know, they get them all to stand up in the class and say, you know, what they want to be when they grow up and she stood up and said she wants to be a race car driver you know, and we were pretty proud of that. That's um, awesome. And then it was just a couple of weeks ago that she decided to write a card for Wayne and she drew a hoist and a car engine and it was, you know, to daddy, I can't wait to grow up and become a mechanical engineer and get you to show me and teach me how to learn to build engines. And we were just like, wow, like. How cool is that? That's, that's the kind of influence it has, you know. Um, my middle girl, she's exactly like me. So she's the boundary pusher and the risk taker. So she's going to be the next driver for sure. She's going to be the one that's in the car pushing it to its limits. <laughs> um, and, yeah, and then my boy, he's only three and he's obsessed with tyres. He's 
100% obsessed with tyres. Um, you'll see the three of them out with us. Um, again, they're kids, so they are still kids. You know, all kids have their moments, but they, they're pretty good kids and they do all, they, they, they go so well to put up with me and Wayne lugging them around, you know, to all these events, but they're not afraid to get in there either. You know, they'll, they'll often be cheering me on. Um, you know, they'll often be in there when I come in in the pits, you know, they'll, Wayne will give them the rattle gun. And again, he's so patient and he's got, you know, all the time in the world to teach them stuff. So, you know, he's taught them, you know, how to put the rattle gun on and, you know, press the button, take the wheel nuts off. You know, my eldest, she'll get the little air compressor and check the tire pressure, you know, and look for the number, you know, they may not like, it's obviously with supervision because they're kids, they don't really know what they're doing, but they're definitely involved. And I think that's a massive thing for us because, we're raising the next generation um, and having two daughters myself, I'm raising them to know that, you know, anything is possible. And if they really do pursue like, or want to pursue this when they are older and become their own individual adults, the opportunity is there and they've grown up with that. Um, and I think that that foundation of the opportunities there just in general can apply to anything, you know, whether it be, they want to be the next astronaut or they want to be the next doctor or whatever it is. It's just that foundation of going, you know, the opportunity is there. You just put your mind to it and you go forward with it. Um, and I think that that's a, another quite important point for, um, you know, this women in drifting as well is this may be what we're dealing with now, but what are the future generations going to be dealing with um, when they come along in relation to motorsport and drifting? You know, so that's that's another kind of little thing that pops up from time to time as well. Yeah. And there are some really great organisations, you know, sort of really pushing that as well with uh, like Girls on Track. I know we've had uh, Laura Byrne, yep. uh, Laura Burns on before. Um, she's amazing. She's so amazing. She's just become yeah, the... Yeah, 100%. Um, she's just been championed by Girls on Track. Um, you know, like she's... And she's such... She is such a little pocket rocket. I, yeah, like she's she's this tiny little thing. She started racing when she was ten, as soon as she could. Um, and yeah. yeah, just everything about her is so positive, so outgoing. But she's had to deal with a lot as well, you know. And she's only very young, yeah. so to sort of have to put up with all of that male bravado and all that sort of gear in the pits, and you know, like you shouldn't be here, women shouldn't be here. Like to put up with that, still keep going as young as she is. Um, it, it really, really yeah. does say something for, for, I guess, her strength of character and all that sort of gear. So, um, definitely one to sort of, Correct. I guess, I guess, yeah. uh, point your girls towards if you haven't, um, if they don't know about her already. Um, yeah, yeah, doing awesome things, and you know, and she's obviously not the only one. There's many, many more. There's just one that sort of stands out as we're talking about it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, hundred percent. No, it's so good. It's so good to see. She's based in WA. Yep. Yeah, that's right. So she's definitely one that I'll be pointing my daughter towards, you know, like um, I don't think she, she really has any aspirations for um, for, for racing or, or motorsport at, at all. But, um, I, you know, she does enjoy it because I enjoy it. So she likes coming out with me. Um, she doesn't like hanging around too long. You know, it's, it's much like burnouts or drag strip. Once you've seen, you've seen it for 10 minutes or so, you've seen it all. It's all good. We're done here. Like, so she's, she's ready to move on where I'm like, oh, no, we'll hang around for another couple of hours. And she's like, oh, okay. <laughs> if we have to but um yes yeah well it's definitely just to, just to have that um i guess that positive role model where it's not just about motorsport it kind of it can be any aspect of life uh, that you know like as long as you sort of 
um, put yourself into it and, and really, really want it, then you can go and get it. And, you know, like yourself, uh, Laura Burns and, and all these other women are much, you know, like definitely, definitely sort of leaning the way at the moment. Yeah. No, it's good. It's good that there's there's a few of us out there that are, you know, all sort of aiming towards the right kind of thing, you know, the same kind of thing, but we're all in different aspects of it too. So we're all in different bits of motorsport and, it, it, you know, eventually it, it should all get to that same level, which yeah. which ideally long-term will be the goal of where we want to be, which is really good. Now, just sort of having a look over everything else I sort of had here, I guess we kind of covered off on a lot of it really. Um, is there anything in here that you wanted to kind of go over, anything you wanted to really sort of touch on at all or, um, or can we sort of – I guess start to wrap it up. We're almost we're almost two hours. Oh, in are now. we? There you go. Didn't even notice. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you wouldn't mind going to spend time with your family. So, oh, they're they're all in bed. They went to bed before I hopped on. <laughs> are they? Oh, even better. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Get to bed. All right. So, I guess moving on to the next point. Uh, how often are these events held? What's where where do we find them? All that sort of gear. How they're structured. Give us a bit of a rundown on on that sort of gear. So this year, 2022, there have been two women in drifting events so far. Um, the third one is on August 28th. Um, however, AusDC have wet pans on or events nearly every fortnight. So sometimes they have two a month, three a month. Um, you know, they've had four months. So they are becoming a lot more frequent. Um, and those wet pans as a woman trying to, you know, a woman trying to get into it or a man trying to get into it, wet pans are where you want to start. Um, everyone tries to skip them, but you want to start there. They, they teach you the fundamentals of drift and how to control your car and things like that. Um, so, yeah, you can find them on the or on Facebook, Australian Drift Club, on their website, on Instagram. Um, they got merch and stuff as well, so that's always encouraging. Um, but the, the Women in Drifting events, yeah, so far we're coming up to our third one for this year. And that was in August, you said August 28th, is that right? Yeah, August 28th. So as far as the structure and all that sort of thing, like how do, how do the, the events run? Um, so for the women in drifting, um, they're a little bit different to your normal wet pants. So they st- have been starting off with um, a couple of like two or three separate smaller cones in the middle, um, you know, and they'll get two or three of you out there at once and you're practising your small circle work. So you're starting off with like your small little donuts, just first gear, throttle control, small circles, um, feeling that car spin in first gear, it's such a, you know, a low speed. So it, it, it flicks you, but you're like, oh, you stopped and that's it. Um, they then progress on after about one or two hours of doing that through your, through your little um, three-minute or so sessions. Um, they then change it and um, they set up three figure eight mini ones, so with like two cones. So they had three of us out there doing a little figure eight with two cones. Again, you're mainly in first gear and it's just practising that throttle control and feeling that transition in between that figure eight. Um, And possibly touching the brake to slow down um, in that transition as well, possibly, you know, just sort of getting that skill up. And then by the end of it, you're on a normal peanut figure, uh, like peanut layout, um, and you're starting to put it sort of a bit together and getting a bit more speed, getting into second gear and having that long sweeper um, at the top and the bottom of that paint out track. Um, and, yeah, and they 
usually only let like three or four of you out at once. Um, you know, you've got plenty of space to, you know, make sure you don't hit each other or, you know, things like that or the walls, you know, there's lots of room there um, for that smaller peanut layout with that few people on the track. So it's a lot more chilled than a normal wet pan. Um, it's a lot more relaxed, um, you know, and everyone's there getting out, like the girls are there getting out, talking to each other in the line and saying, well, you did really well on that one or, oh, maybe try this on the next one or, you know, can I ride passenger with you or let's swap cars. Even last time there was two chicks that were swapping their cars, you know, so I thought that was pretty cool, you know, that they they were there and, they were learning themselves, but they were happy to swap and give each other's car a turn, you know, and talk about it. That was, that was pretty cool to see. That's really cool. So I guess, I guess to put some, um, like a, a bit of an idea behind that on a normal, um, I guess your, your normal sort of uh, wet pan day, they just have um, like the peanut sort of layout and they let, I think it's like six cars out at a time. Yeah. And they, they let it run for like three to five minutes or something like that. You come off, the next group comes in, and they just keep rotating people through like that. Um, yeah. So the way that the way that differs is obviously um, with uh, in with the women in drift is they will have you doing those like the donuts to start off for the first couple of hours. And and when you say you know oh you do you know you do it for three minutes at a time, like that might not seem like a lot of time, but you try and spin on the spot for three minutes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, <laughs> you know, let, let me let me know how that works out for you. Yeah, <laughs> because I've um, I've done it in the drift school, and um, they got uh, the dude I had out there. I, I knew him from the um from Sydney Datsun Club, and he had me out there, and he's like, "Oh, well, you kind of know what you're doing anyway, man." So I got like, got one donut out, and he's like, "Oh, you know what you're doing?" So just knock yourself out. And I went, I was just round and round this cone for a minute, and I just stopped. He's like. Keep going, man. We got like four more minutes. I'm like what? Yep. <laughs> you might just spin around this thing for four minutes. So I'm like, oh, I'll try and go the other way now. Yeah. But you know, like that three minutes of just trying to do donuts is actually a really long time when you're doing it, and it gives you so much time to learn your throttle control and your steering inputs and all that sort of gear. So it's it's actually a really really good way to sort of um, structure it, especially for someone who's never done it before. Yeah. It's really really not daunting at all the, you know i mean the most daunting thing for you on that day is going to be driving there to start with and maybe the peanut layout at the end of the day yeah. but apart from that like there's no other reason that you should should even think that you know you can't do it because you absolutely can yeah 100 percent, you can yeah and it's also a good reminder like for myself who again you know i could sit there for the three minutes doing circle work in first gear around that cone but it's good for people who are yep. a little bit more experienced to just remind themselves of those fundamentals and go back to basics and go. Just that, yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, it is. It's it's all skill building. It's all learning, um, you know, and it's all building those skills and encouraging, you know, the person next to you, behind you, in front of you, whatever it is, they're looking and they're going, oh, yeah, like that's how she's doing it or, you know, things like that. So it's all it's all that yep. kind of encouragement as well. All right, so we'll start to wrap it up. Uh, if you have any advice for women looking to get into drifting and any other motorsport at all, what would what would that advice be? Go for it. Don't hold back. Time doesn't wait for anyone. So if you're sitting there and you're thinking to yourself, you know what, I'd like to try that or, you know, want to give that a go, go for it. Um, because, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't take stuff with you when you're gone and when your time's gone, your time is gone and you'll sit there going, I would have, should have, could have and never did. So just go for it. Like... You know, on, on something like on an event like that, there's not much that can really go wrong 
at those small speeds. So you may as well just give it a go. Um, and if you don't want to give it a go, but you want to just come for that that roller coaster ride, go passenger. Um, you know, it's cheaper to go passenger and you get to sit there. You can go in anyone's car that's willing to take you um, and go for it. Um, you know, bring your own car and give it a go. Bring your boyfriend's car, your husband's car, your, da- or your dad's car, um, you know, and, and the community yep. is great and everyone's really helpful and friendly. So, you know, I would just say if you're thinking about it, just go. Do it. Perfect. Let us know where we can find you. Everywhere on the on the interwebs, where do we find you? So I'm on Facebook, so Jessica Shembury. Um, you know, I'm on Instagram. I'm on YouTube. Um, we do have our website up and going for Shembury's Custom Shop, so www.shembury's.com.au. Um, I have created a TikTok, but i got no idea how to use it yet, so I'll get to that soon. But... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Jess. It's been amazing. Um, I look forward to getting out to the ne- whatever the next event is I get out to. I, honestly, I cannot keep up with Oz, Oz Drift Club and, and what they've got on. All, all I want to do is get my truck out to it, and I just can't keep up with them. So hopefully I'll see you at the next one. Um, thanks again for joining me. It's been amazing. 100% you will, and thank you very much for having me too. Well, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to have you tune in again next week. Don't forget to head over and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter by searching for Gather Together Podcast. We'd really appreciate it if you could share the podcast with a friend and even consider leaving a review on your podcast platform of choice. The music you hear in this podcast is a one-off written for us by Von Spriggan. You can find him on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Von Spriggan or on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Von Spriggan. Alternatively, you can find all the links in the show notes along with the links for any of our guests. We look forward to bringing you more next week, so please have a great week and look after each other.